My name is Carl Carafel, and welcome to the longest-running weekly episodic program here on Love Wrestling. Welcome to Turnbuckle Talk. This week, new life and near-death experiences. I am happily joined by my good friend Chris Parrish, who... I'm going to break uh, break a little bit of uh, backstage here. He is uh, going to be focused here and focused somewhere else as well because, well, coming up tonight, he, you will see his face again if you stick with this channel at 10 o'clock tonight as he goes live with Astrid for NXT. It's going to be amazing, Parrish, and I know that... Uh, you're going to have your attention in both places, and I understand that. But thank you for joining me again today. Well, thank you for having me. Yeah, it's also quite easy when I've uh, made sure that the computer and the TV are right beside each other. So when I'm looking, I'm looking at both things. I have the audio going, not only to you and the program. So I'm good. Just trying to do my dual diligence, as the corporation would like me to do. That's right. The conglomerate known as, yeah. That's what, that's what Corporate Joe taught me. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> shout out to Corporate Joe. Oh, shout out to Joe and shout out to Ed. Ed, thank you so much for coming in here. Uh, amazing, my friend. Thank you so much. And everyone that is watching currently, as you are seeing us live, throw your comments in there because we love interacting with you as well. For those of you that are listening to us or watching this afterwards, make sure you're joining us Tuesdays, generally at 8.05 PM Eastern standard time or 6.05, depending on the shoot job. And you can interact here with us as well. We are going to be talking some turnbuckles and it's a wild parish. What a week. What a week. Speaking of corporate Joe, he pops in here and says, Howdy, you magnificent bastards. If you built it, they will come. That's right. <laughs> uh, I think we said corporate Joe too many times and poof, he appeared. Yeah, it's like, he, he's like the candy man, right? <laughs> right? Oh, God. Oh, God. The reference I've already flapped down are, are amazing. <laughs> you, you, you know, it did taste like candy. This slam that happened. Joan Soda, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Which one is that? Is that like uh, a guava? Orange creamsicle. Orange creamsicle. Okay. Yeah, it looks okay. more light in this view. So like, yeah, it does. You know, I know it's normally a darker. Yes. It looks, it looks like guava, which yeah, I would be I have okay a lot with of light as well. Here. Light is good. I've got, yeah. I can turn my light up and I can turn my light down. Either, either. I, it doesn't matter. Can you do that? The one I can do that on, I don't even have on. So that's, oh. yeah, th these Holy are just normal shit. room lights. Jeez, my room and... lights are not, uh, <laughs> that's room lights. <laughs> yeah, well, I do have two on. Like I have two sets of room lights on. So okay, okay. I, I'm in just one room, one, uh, one titty light up at the top, and that's it. One titty light? Yeah. You know what I'm, that is, right? I, I know. I, I, okay. I'm just okay. making sure I heard you right. Yeah, you did. One titty light up at the top. That's it. <laughs> SummerSlam. Yeah. <laughs> just happened. Um I was I was okay with this pay-per-view. Yeah. Like I have not been okay with a WWE, sorry, premiere live event in a while. But this one has surprised me. Astrid even coming in here. Hey, hey, she says. Astrid, I love you. So good to see you. And thank you for coming in and supporting a little bit here. That's yeah. weird to say now. Right? Right? Ed saying <laughs> SummerSlam was you, you such know, like, a good show. I also didn't hate Money in the Bank. Like, I don't hate theory being Money in the Bank as much as people, other people do. And I thought that was solid, but SummerSlam just was revitalized for what, what I thought WWE is now doing. And then right. here, the new life part. I mean, and that's kind of what it was. It was a resurrection of WWE Yeah, on Saturday night. It, it definitely was. And I, I've said it before in, in a few different cases, uh, especially after 
the debacle and everything and, and the retirement that happened. But the workers seem to just be genuinely happier working right now. And it's really weird to be able to, to, to like see that in them. It's weird, but it's so true though. Yeah, it really felt like everyone was just more free. And it's like if you've ever been on a job where you're just afraid to speak your mind or go against the grain, oh, it was almost like this was now encouraged. Yes. And like that's kind of what what and then you're like, in a way, you're either oh oh my god, like I'm I don't know what I'm what to do. Am I like gonna be like kind of hesitant a little bit, or am I gonna be like hell yeah we're gonna try to get in some trouble and like you know that's kind of like the one of the the two extremes that you could go but i mean it seemed like and i find like professional wrestlers in general they can go that second gear just because they aren't doesn't mean they can't um and that's why like i've always thought people who work in the wwe and are performing night on night on night basis I mean, those are some of the most talented individuals because at any night they could give you a great match or they could give you a good performance or they could give you both or they can do something completely different. They're very variety in the sense of who they are and what they can do. Yes. Like we've seen what they're able to do on the performing side, the entertainment side. And in the last week, we've seen more pure wrestling in WWE than we have in a while. Mm-hmm. And guess what, people? They're pretty damn good at that, too. Even even this SummerSlam card itself, okay? So normally, now this, and I hate that this, this is actually, I hate that this is the one. But normally, we're seeing matches that are like eight minutes, ten minutes. Mm-hmm. That's it. This match only had or this show only had two matches that were under 10 minutes. Yeah. Which blows me away. They were giving 15 minutes to Bianca and Becky, Becky Lynch. Yeah. Nearly 15 minutes to Logan Paul in the Miz, which we're mm-hmm. going to touch on in a minute here. Yeah. Um, 11 minutes to the Mysterios and the judgment day, mm-hmm. 10 minutes to Pat McAfee. Uh, 13 minutes to the Usos and the Prophets, 23 minutes to Roman Reigns and Lesnar, four minutes and 45 seconds to Lashley versus Theory, which I understand. I think it should have been that way. Yes. Uh, But then four minutes and 35 seconds to Liv Morgan and Ronda Rousey. Yeah. I would have liked to have seen that one go uh, a little bit longer. Um. And, but I kind of understand that one as well. Yeah, and, and here's kind of one of the, the rumors coming out. Um, apparently, Logan Paul and The Miz went a little long, and the match that got cut was Ronda and Liv. And yes. I even thought watching that match, they were kind of rushed into getting stuff done. And I don't think Ronda is polished enough to rush and still get that full story told right in. I think she's still in that developing area. Um, But with that being said, they got their questionable finish. Very salvageable, in my opinion, though. Oh, yeah. All all depends on how they're presenting live to me on Friday night on SmackDown. Right. Um, And I like this is my opinion, and I want to get your feedback on it. If she comes out, opens up SmackDown, calls out Ronda and says, I don't like the way that match ended either. You and me right here, right now. Winner takes this title. Let's do it. Boom. I've forgotten about that questionable finish. Right? Definitely. That's exactly what should happen. Yeah. Or if if they if they're not going to do it at the opener, it needs to open the second hour. Right. Mm-hmm. Just so that you've got that um extra extra something, right? Yeah. That extra little bit of a lure to watch the second hour. Yeah. Um I, I just with with the way they're presenting the women lately, like it pro it, I think it will. Like it I it, there's um you know what? That could very well be a uh, a thing too. Um yeah. Because she did uh, an official, and maybe that's when Pierce can come out 
and say, okay, I like your fire and all like that, but bear the bad news. She's suspended. Maybe, maybe we get like a Shayna Baszler out of this. Right. It's very possible. Just so that those that are listening to the audio uh, understand uh, our good friend, Ed said uh, to that situation, not likely since Rhonda is suspended indefinitely because yes, during that, uh, during that premiere live event, she kind of went off the, uh, off the wall and, you know, kind of, kind of did that. Astrid coming in here saying that Charlotte returning soon, probably as well. I, I don't like that. And I don't want that Charlotte is put right into title contention either. Um, She's been gone long enough. Here's my thing. Do you think she will be? Yes, she will be. She will be pushed right to the top. Because, I have a hesitation that she will be right away. I can see her being their plan B if the Rhonda thing isn't going to be there. But why not? Why not have somebody like, I don't know, like a Carmella or maybe a Shotzi or Lacey? Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, do that angle again just without Rick. <laughs> but... Uh, <laughs> But with that being said, like, I don't know, like, do something different. But maybe at, this is the point where we can get maybe Charlotte against Raquel uh, Rodriguez. That would be a fresh matchup. Right? It definitely would be. Astrid even saying, I want fresh storyline yeah. slash faces. And, and I, I do too. Capable of doing two things at once, reading this. and what, uh, Right? <laughs> Ed does make a good point, though. Yeah. Ed says that Charlotte is still owed a rematch, too. Right. And it would be easier to put Liv or Charlotte than Rhonda, mm-hmm. right? No, I, I totally get that as well. But at this point, Charlotte's been gone long enough that the diehards are going to remember that she's owed a rematch, but the casuals aren't going to remember that. So it's they're just going to see that Charlotte's come back. And unless WWE actually mentions that she's owed a rematch. I don't think that the majority of people are going to remember that. So this is your opportune time to take those names. Like you said, Shotzi, you know, like Raquel, uh, Lacey Evans, like take those names. Those are the fresh faces right now. Like imagine if this is like an opportunity to, to introduce maybe somebody else that uh, Triple H has decided to re-sign uh, or maybe it's like, like maybe he maybe he does want a Tegan Knox back, and maybe a Tegan Charlotte could be something fresh. Um, but maybe at the same time, maybe he looks at people in NXT of like, okay, who's ready to come up now? And like maybe that we like, did that could be another thing. We saw EO and uh, EO come up, so right. Right. And I, 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 I want to get I want to I want to talk about this a little bit here because I I had a very wrong thought here. Um, but we yes, we, we, we saw on SummerSlam EO EO Sky now instead of EO Shirai, mm-hmm. uh, Dakota Kai and Bailey. A returning Bailey as well show up on the program and they have this little faction going now those names would be great and i don't mean bailey because everybody knows who bailey is but dakota kai or io shirai or io sky whatever you want to call her um would be perfect names for that now what i the the bad thought that i had when i saw Bailey return. And I want your take on this. I want your take on this. We saw Bailey return. Yeah. After a retirement was announced. Is this just coincidence? Or was Bailey sitting on the sidelines and not wanting to return underneath? someone who just retired i think the other two are more direct reasons from 
who's in charge now. Yes. And I think Bailey was always coming back at some point. So you I think just, that it's just coincidence? Because we heard rumors about EO and her contract, and now it appears that she has re-signed, and Dakota Kai was not working with the company, and we the rumors are that that was one person Triple H made a priority to bring back. So I'm, I, I think it's more of a direct version of the other two being up there, okay. and I think Bailey was maybe like the what she was to do like what she was doing may have differed and probably would have differed okay but yeah like i maybe like these three would not have been a group if vince was still there but yeah i mean that just shows you already like the different and different and creative between you know the triple h and vinnie mac i just found it really weird and really i guess coincidental that after all this time she's now come back now this is a matchup that i would i would want to see corporate joe says not donna but do a do a ronda versus charlotte in a who's the biggest crybaby match and the loser has to put on a diaper I could get behind that. I would, I would at like out a say Helen Sha- Sasha would have to be in this match then too. <laughs> right? Yes. I mean. Yes. Now there is talks of, of Sasha returning. There is talks of <laughs> Naomi making a return now as well. Apparently the, the, the agreement has been reached for them to come back. Okay. See, that's, I've that's been more information already. Okay. Um, apparently, there's a lot of people expecting them to return as early as last night on Raw, and I'm actually quite happy that they didn't because this is a situation where you want the talk to escalate about when are they going to show up, right? And I had a theory of like how I would like to do it, but then I was actually pleasantly surprised when we saw Oscar and Alexa Bliss be the two people to help. Uh, Bianca, even yes. though after Becky was taken out, part of me was thinking we were going to end the show off with the return of Naomi and Sasha. And almost have a reformed team bad, if you will. Right? Right? As cool as that would be, I'm glad that it hasn't gone that way either. Yeah. Um, this This gives people a reason to kind of watch and anticipate (laughs) this return because social media and the internet runs wild. It runs even wilder than Hulk Hogan. And everybody knows everything before it happens now. But this gives such a good foresight and gives us a reason to be for those that are fans anyways. Yeah gives them a reason to watch and go, is it this week? Is it this week? And like the nice thing is right now, what Triple H is doing is already something that Mr. Khan over at the AEW needs to be taking notes on and be like, hey, uh, this is how you make your women's division feel (laughs) fantastic and special. And it's by putting emphasis on them throughout the whole show not a specific time in a specific <laughs> hour uh, tight. um but and then you also have the fans talk about it we talked right. about the return at SummerSlam because they didn't go in and didn't do a heck of a whole lot they just made their presence known exactly um and then now you have that and you're you're stretching out the news and you're letting fans get giddy again about wrestling. This is what was missing. The fans being <laughs> giddy about the show. This is why the ratings are high because you're not giving everyone everything all at once. And you're doing it in a very creative and a very specific way. And because of that, the fans are just like, yes, yes. And uh, carry the three. <laughs> Hell yeah. 
Astrid writes, plus the high ratings is further proof of yeah. it to further go along with what you've been saying. Now, there's another name that has been kind of thrown out there that I'm, well, two names that I'm kind of giddy about as well when it comes to this new life within the WWE. And that's Killer Cross yes. and Scarlet. Um, yes, I want to see them back. I definitely do. And I'm hoping... I'm hoping that Hunter is doing everything he can to make those contacts and reach out and offer something lucrative enough to make them want to come back. Not that I don't think that they want to. I, I, I'm sure that, you know, if they had the opportunity to come back again, I think they definitely would take it. Well, Cross has been on record saying he wants to go back. Like he visions himself being back at some point. And this was prior to triple h taking over so i can only imagine how much that has escalated since but this by no means saying he's unhappy at mlw or wherever he's at this is just him understanding that he has now an opportunity of a lifetime and it's funny because i listened to an interview with champa right before SummerSlam, and he was directly asked what he thought about this because this even the interviewer was like this should bode very well for you. And then Chompo was being very coy about his answer, not saying for sure anything. Right. As we saw Monday night. Oh yeah. It was very beneficial for you. Right. Um, And that's just it. Like, I, I think we're already, we have this perception. And again, I will always say it's all about perception. Right. Um, but triple H just has this perception about, people wanting to work for him whereas vince was making people repel working for him right so and he's shown this with dakota kai he's shown this with the uses of champa he's shown it with the use of the women's division he brought a damn forklift into the main event of a last man standing match um he made us care about wwe again so why wouldn't he be hey hey mr cross what say you? <laughs> right? Now, Ed does have a good point here as well. Ed is saying the thing about bringing people back is making it work within Nick Khan's. Nick Khan, yes, co-CEO now of the okay. WWE. Um, making Nick Khan's cost-benefit analysis because he was the leading force behind the releases during the last two years. Now... I think, okay, so so everything funneled through Vince. At the end of the day, everything was Vince. Yeah. It's not anymore. So it, I'm sure that, yes, while Nick has, has kind of put, a, put together this budget, um, I'm sure that with Steph and even Hunter kind of sitting down with him and going, okay, let's let's look at this. And let's see what we can do, what we can offer, and where we can place these people because we know and understand that this person should bring in this amount of revenue. We're going to have an ROI of this much on this person because of merchandise, ticket sales, whatever, right? And and that information is, is, is generally there especially when you take a look online at the amount of people that first uh, are following a person uh, that are supporting the person, you know, different things like that um, really can help shape those. And I think that that's uh, that's, that's a, a deep conversation that uh, all three of them are going to have to really sit down and have. Yeah. And I think what, another thing to bring into this conversation about like the money spending um, it's very much an issue but if you don't know how to make them a star and have them draw money for the company then that's you're you're gonna be the problem to why they were so expensive and you're not getting your return back um but if you treat them like they're like stars and you make sure that they're coming out with you know shirts to buy with merchandise to have you're putting their face on uh promotional and advertised stuff and you're making them feel like a star um then people are going to be coming to the show for that talent and they're going to be paying for that talent. Therefore they're going to be bringing in the money. So 
it's an investment, but at the same time, the company now has to say, hey, look, if we're worried about the money that they are commanding for us to bring them in, then we got to make sure that this is a small figure in comparison to what they're bringing in for us after they arrive. And I think that's going to be more of the indication. And I think with Triple H and Stephanie, and I, I, I would assume it's with Nick Khan, because I don't think Nick Khan is in the business to not make money, I think. Right. But I think with two and three of them, they could be like, oh, yeah, we can make this guy a star. Because if there's one thing WWE still needs to do right now, it's we need more male superstars that are not named Roman Reigns, Seth Rollins, Drew McIntyre. Or right. Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar, <laughs> yeah. But like, we yeah. need more homegrown stars. We need more everyday stars. And, and you're right. also we, seeing we need- that with Kevin Owens, too. Like They're making Kevin Owens feel like a big deal again. Yes, they are. And I think what would what would really help propel this this new life would be a household name once again. Mm-hmm. We had Ric Flair was a household name. Hulk Hogan was a household name. For those that watch WCW or in the South, Sting was a household name. The Rock, John Cena, Stone Cold. They were household names. We really don't have that caliber of a household name right now. And I think that if, if there was, was to be that type of a name, then that would really help propel the company because you would be able to use this person to make money because people are going to want to come and see this household name, but then you're also helping shape and build the homegrown and the new names on the house shows that the household is on right yeah. like now, now now do you think that's because they're vince did a bad job of making a household name or do you think it's the state of the business right now and the fact that it's not the number one thing that people want to watch on tv like it used to be back in the day and maybe if it was back into that stratosphere then the names themselves are growing just you know as, as the business grows too, like it was no surprise that when wrestling was at its highest, we saw more than one quote unquote superstar in, in professional wrestling. Right. Um, now it's more smaller than what that was. And we're not seeing as many names. Do you think that goes hand in hand with the state of the business? Do you think that goes hand in hand with the way things were? Do you think it's both or is there another reason why? I think, it, I, th- I think it's definitely a little bit of both. Um, maybe not necessarily that, that Vince wasn't creating those, those people, but maybe that he felt he didn't need to because he had a plethora of talent and he, he, he maybe wanted to just kind of showcase all of them. Right. Um, but yeah, like definitely because the product is not something that is, is being viewed as much right now that definitely factors into it as well. But how are you going to make it that, that large viewership number again? I believe that's by getting another household name. Ed is saying Bruce was on record when talking about the rock in a documentary about being careful to not make any superstar bigger than the brand again, so that they are less likely to leave in their prime. Like the rock did. And you know what? That that makes total sense as well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, it definitely does. And 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 I get that. And and we don't necessarily have to make this person bigger than the brand itself, but maybe pull it up to the same level so that the brand gets put out there uh, to more people, to more homes, stuff like that. Uh, the more people that are viewing the product, the more money it's going to make because the more people are going to be going to the shows and buying merchandise and spending their money at, you know, www.shop.com. Yeah. And like, I, I can see that like that way as well. Um, my thing is everyone knows wrestling is a platform to Hollywood nowadays. It's been proven with acts like Hulk Hogan, The Rock, and now, and I think we've seen kind of the Miz and John Cena do it as well. Dave Batista, Batista. 
you, you can say more, but there was definitely names in there. And then I think the three big ones were Hogan, Rock, and Cena. Those were yes. your three big um, uh, guys. And like even somebody like John Cena has gone on record saying like he spoke out of ignorance when talking about The Rock and, and not loving this as much anymore because he didn't realize his schedule and how demanding that was and how it's not a, I don't want to be there. It's I just can't. And in process by not being able to, you're opening a bigger segue between WWE superstars to the Hollywood thing. Um, and that is definitely something as you get older in wrestling and you're like, Hey, if I can have a stunt double and not do this every single day, it's a lot better for my body right. and stuff like that. You ought to think, think about that. That's natural progression. But with that being said, as that's happening, you need to have your stars of the future being brought up as that's going on. And when, you know, you're stone cold. And I think that one of the big ones, and people can really get at me for this if they want, but when Stone Cold had his last match, who did he lose to? The Rock. So he didn't really put over somebody new, right, until it's true. this year's WrestleMania when Kevin Owens came. And when The Rock Very went true. out, when was The Rock's last match? What, John Cena? Like, was this big, like, real money match, like, main event? That wasn't somebody new. That was somebody that was already the guy. So that's, like, they're capitalizing on the blockbuster gains at WrestleMania and SummerSlams, as they should. Right. But what they're not doing is, you know, using them as catapults for up-and-coming superstars and helping them out because – that was and i think we can we can go back and like point out prime examples of like hey if rusev beat john cena at wrestlemania would rusev be a world champion in wwe today um you know like so and one example they did do right was sting actually helped seth rollins get over there are guys that came and helped seth rollins get over there's guys that can't help and got roman reigns over um but yeah like so when roman reigns loses his title has to be to the like the next big guy right can't be to a brock lesnar because at some point you're gonna have to tell your fans and tell your fans that you know brock lesnar is not the end-all be-all in wwe it has to be somebody else and if it's roman reigns and all of a sudden whoever beats roman reigns like maybe it's cody maybe it's true maybe it's lashley maybe it's aj maybe it's seth maybe it's randy maybe it's riddle people don't tell me there's not options there's are could even be kevin owens um, it could be freaking dominic mysterio could even be theory like i've just listed how many on the top like tip of my tongue very easily right and it's just if the story is done right you know wrestling like they can turn this around with the stars but what they have to do is be specific, like careful because you don't want to throw them or put them down a throw. You don't want to repel. And then when you do, that's when you, maybe you think about turning them from, you know, being a baby face to a heel vice versa right. like that. Because as much as people want to say, like maybe turning back to baby face wasn't good for Becky. What it did do for Becky is make her relevant in that scene longer. And she's still fresh now because she has mm -hmm. gone back at the right times like and it was natural both times that she became you know a good guy then bad guy and back it's all been natural with good storytelling it definitely has we're going to make sure that we get our sponsors in here. So we're going to take a little bit of some commercial breaks. I'm going to throw the graphic up here first and let you know about our friend Rich King with RK Athletics. Check out rkathletics.ca for the best workouts that you can get in the Edmonton, Alberta area. Check them out on the socials at rkathletics1 as well. Support. For Turnbuckle Talk, as heard on Love Wrestling, is brought to you by Manscaped. Who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming champions of the world? Manscaped. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped just launched their fourth-generation trimmer, the Lawnmower 4.0. You heard that right, the 4.0. Join over 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you. 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code 
love wrestling at manscaped.com. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Wrestling, a love and a passion we all share. I've started a wrestling brand, the wrestling brand. A brand founded on the aspects of wrestling. Two entities working together to create a product that connect emotionally for people everywhere. Collar and Elbow is the brand. Passion and love for wrestling is the drive. I am Al Snow, and this is Collar and Elbow, the wrestling brand. The official Turnbuckle Studio shop is open. Official merchandise from all the favorite shows, plus merchandise you can only find here. Stuff from Turnbuckle Studios. Carl Carafel unboxes. The Boar's Nest with Bubba Duke. Miscellaneous products that you can only find here. Beats and Beatdowns, and Turnbuckle Talk. Find all this merchandise exclusively at carlcarafel.redbubble.com. And thank you for returning and sticking with us here on the longest-running weekly episodic program on Love Wrestling. Welcome back to Turnbuckle Talk with myself, and Chris Parrish. So far, this episode has been a lot of new life talk. <laughs> we haven't uh, gotten into any, any of this near-death experience that we've uh, kind of put on this graphic here. But that's about to change. So StarCast put on this freaking amazing show. 11 matches in this show. The undercard top to bottom, in my opinion, was fan-freaking-tastic. There were two pre-show matches, so technically nine on the main card. A singles match, a battle royale, tag team match, a singles, a four corners, a four-way, a singles match for the Impact World Championship, a three-way for the Knockouts World Championship, a four-corners match to determine the number one contender to the Progress World Championship. You want to talk Forbidden Doors? This was a Forbidden Door in itself. I was very happy with this show. We're going to talk about the last match in a little bit, but I want your take here, Parrish, because I know you sat there and you watched it. What did you think about this show? I thought it was a good, like, I thought it was a great show up until the main event, to be quite honest, if I'm being right. But I also knew I wasn't, like, I wasn't going to get the best match of the night in the main event. I was going to get more of a, a salute to uh, right. one uh, nature boy um i was more curious on how guys like andrade and how he would react with lethal uh, i was very impressed with jeff jared throughout this match uh, man when you talk about getting real heat from an entrance out him and karen really did just that um especially kind of like getting physical with one of rick's elder daughters um right. as you know they were busting rick open um but yeah like um one of the first times i really got to sat down and i truly watched jacob fought too uh for the most part like i've seen him a few times but nothing really in depth okay. um so that was awesome to see um getting not gonna lie seeing uh, Car uh killer cross with hair was different <laughs> right um, but it's good because all I could think when I'm watching this is knowing, okay, it's Rick's last match. You know there's going to be a lot of WWE guys there, a lot of the old-timers there, as we saw Mick, we saw Brett, we saw Taker, among others. Yeah. But the one name that I 
there's no way he missed out on this was Triple H. Right. And when you talk about Forbidden Doors, we got to also say there is a lot of WWE involvement in that because we saw a lot of WWE involvement in the the segments in between the matches. With the a thank lot yous. Of the super- yes. yes. Um, and then we also saw a, some of that in the, in the crowd. Like, you're not going to refer to The Undertaker as somebody else right you're not going to call him mark yeah he's just the undertaker and the undertaker was only in wwf wwe so i'm curious to see kind of what like i thought that was a very important pay-per-view for the future of wwe but with that being said i thought the wolves and i thought the shelly and saban i thought they were my favorite match of the night but i do like that impact match and I thought adding Cardona at the end was a great touch. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was a good show. It was a really good yeah. show, and I'm glad I watched it because it's always nice to expand the horizons. And I, I love the feel of the show. The feel of the show made it very different for me. For me as well. And, and so this match had a lot of uh, stars from Impact Wrestling. And from MLW, Major League Wrestling, as well. And it was really nice to be able to see the collaboration between all of them. And to be able to get matches that we have never really seen before. Especially like the Briscoes and the Von Erics. Yeah. Two classic, down-to-earth, pound-for-pound, best tag team out there right now the briscoes and yes i'm even going to throw the bon erics in there as well two sets of brothers that are going out there and doing battle two different companies right whether it's you know the briscoes with roh and the the uh, um the bon Von erics with mlw i just blown away by everything that they were able to put together. Right. It was just, just amazing. And then even including some Japanese stars in there too. And like, (laughs) Holy shit, dude. Did did you think that was a coming out party for the Von Eriks in the sense of, I can see them being scooped up by a ring of honor, a W maybe even WWE in the next six to eight months. Yes. Yes, that is that is exactly how it felt to me during this matchup. Now, don't get me wrong. It's not as though like the Briscoes um, really pulled anything or pulled any punches or anything like that. They went out there and put on a kick-ass match to showcase because everybody knows who the Briscoes are. Everybody yeah. knows the Briscoe brothers. They you know had arguably everybody... the match of the year in Death Before Dishonor with uh, FTR. So I think we, yeah, you know who they are, you know what they're capable of, but you all, they they also had a goal in there and that was to help elevate another team as well. Exactly. And that's what they did. They (laughs) helped elevate the Von Eriks so much. And I think you're right. It is only going to be a matter of time before we see the Von Eriks. Um, Maybe not the WWE, but maybe in an area where they're still able to work MLW and work other promotions as well, like an impact or a ring of honor. And I think that that would be fantastic because we, we, we know that there's a little bit of controversy right now with the Briscoes and maybe them not being able to, to, you know, work like for AEW and, you know, stuff like this. So they just helped elevate the Von Eriks to be able to be that team that can step in almost almost people aren't going to be as happy about it (laughs) but they can put the work in and that that is what i'm talking about my god and sometimes all you need in this business is just that opportunity because you have no idea who's in the stands who came to the show who's there potentially to visit um I remember listening to, and I, and I know you said it because I know we talked about the Sami Zayn on the Broken Skull. Um, yes. 
And I remember him saying, or Sami Zayn saying, Canyon Seaman, like his first ever show that he went and watched after getting the position at WWE was the Ring of Honor show where he had the ladder match with, with Kevin Owens, then Kevin Steen. And he was the guy that they that he approached. He was his first hire, and it was just the luck of the draw. And a lot of guys have said the same thing about William Regal in the past. So um, yes. you kind of have to think anytime you see The Undertaker somewhere, if he's maybe doing some scouting on his end. Right. That is exactly what I thought as well. Um, I mean, obviously, Taker's going to be a showcase anywhere he goes because it's The Undertaker. Yeah. But yeah, like I, I would not doubt it if he is, you know, still working, but retired and doing that, uh, that scouting. Another interesting thing that I, that I found on this is the, uh, the plethora of different commentators yeah. that they had as well. So, Shivani, David Crockett, Ian Riccoboni representing uh, ROH New Japan, Tom Hannafan, Scott Demore uh, representing Impact, uh, Joe Joe Dombrowski representing MLW, Dave Prezak uh, representing GCW and MLW, Nick Aldis representing NWA. Like, what an amazing thing to do as well, because. As much as the professional wrestling is great, the commentary team needs to kind of have a little bit of a light put onto them as well. And this was a perfect opportunity for them to do that. Astrid even saying, I love that they kept changing the third person based on the company represented in the in the ring. Yeah. Yeah, like that's 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 amazing. And I loved that aspect. I did too because it gave you continuity throughout the show on who is the voices because the voices are very important to a wrestling show in the terms of the announcers. Um, It gives you comfortability. It just gives you assurance uh, on that. Right. But then at the same time, you're watching, you know, say the, the impact world champion. Well, you want the guy that normally announces him to give you that continuity, right? Like, so it's great. Plus, he also knows how to elevate that talent to a new audience better because they see them yep. more often than the other two. So I thought it did that job very well as uh, as we went on too. So you know, like you're you're getting a lot of the good things. You definitely are. And Astrid even saying, plus having uh, Hugo and Carlos in the Spanish commentary, my childhood. Yeah, like having a Spanish commentary team there as well was was perfect. Perfect. The only matchup on this card that was not perfect was the main event. Now, we all know that this main event was not going to be something that was earth-shattering. Although it possibly could have been because we could have seen somebody die inside of the ring live on television thankfully he did not but we had rick flair and andrade el idolo defeating jay lethal and jeff jarrett by a pinfall well we'll give it to him okay (laughs) as much as it was wasn't we'll give it to him 27 minutes this match went. 27 minutes even is what I'm seeing. I'm happy for Rick, but I'm also happy that this is it. And please, God, please let this be it. Yeah, despite all the jokes he made, or uh, despite the jokes that even uh, other people made of like how he... Like even Cody said, like it's Ric Flair. If he wants to have another match, who's going to stop him? Um, right. Hopefully, common sense will. Um, because the more I watch Rick in a wrestling ring, I go back to that phrase: "Just because you can doesn't mean you should." Um, and it's like I understand why. I can understand through all the the health battles you want to just have that last hurrah and say goodbye 
in your own terms to something that was your life for a long time. I understand that. However, at what cost? And I really hope it's not a recurring thing because he had such a highlighted career in the wrestling ring prior and for all those like generations the last thing you want is that to get salted and to get defiled because of what he's doing now right i'm just i'm happy that i'm happy for him i'm happy that he did it i'm happy that he was able to do it because growing up yes rick flair rick flair and Shawn michaels were two of the uh gentlemen that i tried to emulate in my life it was very nice to be able to see rick flair come out in these this gorgeous white and purple robe with the original crumb rind belt around his waist that he almost dropped almost almost dropped it was beautiful to see all of that and i think that this was just a, it was a gorgeous fitting end for this but came with a cost it, it when we talk about near-death experiences i think rick had one of those in the ring <laughs> a couple of times um there were a few times where he was just laying there on the mat, not moving and you were kind of like oh my god is this it did this actually happen is he dead thankfully he wasn't all in all andrade Jay Lethal, and yes, Jeff Jarrett, who can still frickin' go, <laughs> were able to carry this and give us a nice ending to the legendary career of one of my favorites, Rick Flair. That's all I've got for that. I do have one quick thing that I want to ask you, though. Sure. As a professional wrestler. So one of my friends, uh, Chase Owens, is going to be coming back to the United States as he as he okay. normally does. Yeah. And he's going to be doing a seminar. I want your opinion on before we get to that. Mighty Joe, corporate Joe, big Joe, mighty Joe, whatever you want to call him. <laughs> I did have fun watching the attempted murder of Ric Flair with you guys the other night. I'm happy you were able Do to not join make us accessories, Joe. As a corporate <laughs> man, you should know this is not a legality we should be crossing. Oh, <laughs> right. Right. It was it was great, though. It was great to have Joe there. It was great to have everybody that, that was that was able to be there. And, and a big thank you to Bobby for uh, uh, for allowing us to share that experience with him as well. Um, I want your thought on seminars mm -hmm. and the importance of two day seminars when it comes to the world of professional wrestling. What you got to do is understand that there is knowledge being passed on. Go there with an open book. Go there with an open mind. And whatever you think you know, leave at the door. Because this is a business where you learn the most when your mouth is shut. This is and like if you are at this and you're looking at a guy like Chase Owens who has gone to Japan, he has done a lot of stuff throughout Canada, throughout the United States, throughout the world, and you're somebody that hasn't, that means this guy has done more in this business than you. And if you are a guy or a woman who wants to do what he has done, or even better, this guy has not only the know-how, he also has the contacts. And he also has the advice on how to handle these experiences in a professional manner. Therefore, you are a sponge and your job is to collect every quote unquote dirt that is advice and information he has. With that being said, showcase yourself when you have the opportunity, because if you want to make him think that you're somebody that's worth 
bringing along for a trip, you also have to get your shit in. Yeah. In that way, you also have to do it respectively. But sometimes, sometimes when the case does come, needs to be forcefully, but also realize what you're the main thing you're taking out is that you're you're getting advice, you're getting an experience that without that, you were a lot worse from where. Even the worst experience in life can teach you something positive. But with somebody who has done something positive in this business, if you don't take multiple things in a positive way out of that, then you have the wrong attitude going in. Very much so. And I appreciate your honesty with that. Like I said, I wanted to get it from somebody who is a current and active professional wrestler because I know for myself, seminars were an amazing thing when I was working and it's always a great opportunity. And I'm glad to hear that seminars are still happening and that that mindset is still out there for it. So Parrish, thank you so much for joining me. Well, thank you for having me again. Um, I know it's it's kind of like I message you saying, hey, uh, I'm available if you need me. And then you're just like, yeah, man, whatever yeah. you want. And I very much appreciate that. But at the same time, it's always thankful because this is your platform. This is your baby. And it's always a pleasure to join you. Um, and uh, yeah, I had a lot of fun tonight. Good. And it, this was just a quick throw together. <laughs> Parish week every week now. <laughs> This was honestly just a quick throw together um, because some, I mean, some big stuff actually happened, uh, you know, uh, especially with the the conglomerate known as the WWE. And then even with Ric Flair, uh, former member of the WWE, WWF. So it was it was great to be able to have another uh, mind and voice to bounce things off of. So this week, we're going to end with some Love Wrestling branded items for you here. We're going to play these graphics for you before we get to our outro. Discounted tickets available for the next Love Pro Wrestling show by visiting Patreon slash Love Wrestling CA. The next contender for Taryn from accounting for her LPW Challenge Championship will be brought to you soon. Early access on Patreon. Issue 97 out in the ring recorded live of Smark and Friends featuring Pero, Sunny Kiss, Danny Jordan, and Rye Levy is available as well over on Patreon and I'm sure will be coming out soon as well. This week between two beards special guest will be Michael Richard Blaze. Be sure to check that out on Thursday. Spencer Love interviews early access over on Patreon with Taya Valkyrie. Thank you again so much to everybody for joining here. And on my end of things, as I put the graphic up one more time for you, I want you to check out collarandelbowbrand.com. While you're there, use the promo code JKPODCAST to get yourself 10% off your entire purchase. Again, make sure that you're checking out collarandelbowbrand.com and using that promo code JK Podcast. This has been episode number 282 of Turnbuckle Talk, the longest running weekly episodic program on love wrestling. Remember, everybody, the world's a scary place. Take care of each other. <laughs>